Welcome into the Hockey Fix Podcast. I am Connor David. Thank you for joining us today. So just wanted to make sure that you know, hit us up on Twitter. It's at the Hockey Fix. Email us to hockeyfix at iCloud.com. Gotten a few uh, few tweets here and there, a few uh, email messages as well. Just want to put that out there, make sure you guys know where we're at, know where to find us. And uh, if you've found this already, you probably know that already, but uh, I'm hoping that uh, that we get some new people, kind of tweet us in, see what's going on, uh, get a feel for uh, for how we've done and, and what you think and you know, what you like and what you don't. So keep us uh, keep us posted on uh, on Twitter and uh, and on the email. So we've got a big day today. I want to talk about a lot of different things. Uh, first of all, we're going to go around the world of sports like usual. And then I'm going to go in, I'm going to give you my playoff picks for this upcoming season. I'm going to go through, I already told you last week what I, t- what I thought my, my top three were. I actually gave you my, my whole list for each of one of the uh, divisions for the NHL. So I'm actually going to go into that in a little more detail, tell you who I think is going to play in the playoffs, who I think is going to win the Stanley Cup. And, uh, and we'll see what, what, uh, what you guys think about that. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about resting in sports. Uh, that's been a big topic in the NBA over the last you know, offseason or so. And so we're going to get into that just a little bit. I've got a new addition this year or for this podcast. We're going to do um, the feel-good story of the week, uh, something I'm going to start throwing in there hopefully every week. We'll see how that goes. Then give you a regional sports update and then on with the rant of the day. And then that'll do it. So let's get right into it now with uh, around the world of sports. First off, the Cleveland Indians win again. So I was putting all this together, and uh, I was looking at it. And I was like, "Wait a minute, dude! The Cleveland Indians are they going to win another game before?" Oh, and they did. I had them at 18. You know what? They're at 19 wins in a row right now, and just phenomenal. They are really, really playing stellar hockey or stellar baseball right now. It's a little bit ridiculous. Uh, I've never seen a, a run like this in quite some time i don't watch a whole lot of baseball i do watch the postseason a lot but this is one heck of a run for the indians who in in many eyes thought that they uh they probably should have won last year as well um but you know they did squeak out (laughs) a little bit of a loss there to the cubs which uh, i think at the end of the day was a good thing so uh anyways that was uh definitely something that's just going on they beat detroit 11 to nothing for their 19th straight win um, on the flip side of that, the Dodgers lose again. 11 straight losses for the Dodgers. They've lost a six, the last 16 or 16 out of the last 17 games that they played. It's just been a downhill slide. They've had lots of injuries, lots of bad things happen, and they were still hanging with it. Had the best record in baseball. Nobody was even coming close. We didn't think anybody would come close. But now, 11 straight, 16 out of the last 17 were losses. Uh, I think they've got Clayton Kershaw pitching, pitching next, so hopefully that'll uh, that'll give them a win there. So definitely a big slide for for the Dodger, the Dodgers there, and kind of a uh, a big opposite there with the Cleveland Indians and their 19th straight. The Dodgers losing 11 in a row, uh, kind of polar opposites right now. Uh, two very good teams in the uh, in the Major League Baseball right now, having two very unusual seasons uh, with both of those things. Uh, it was a great second week in college football. I tell you, man, I can't get enough of this college football. It's been so, so good this year. Uh, Oklahoma gets their revenge against Ohio State, beating them at their home. Uh, And then we see uh, Baker Mayfield try and plant the flag in the middle of the the Ohio State's field. Uh, But, you know, I guess you can't plant on turf there, Baker. But uh, that was was kind of funny. But good to see Oklahoma get their revenge against Ohio State. And then uh, Georgia, uh, number 15 Georgia, beat uh, number 24 Notre Dame 20-19. It was a real close game. 
Um, a lot of people had Notre Dame up there a little bit higher. I uh, thought they were going to do pretty well this this year. Uh, it's not looking that good for the Irish. Um, and, you know, Notre Dame's one of those teams that there are so many people around the country that root for them because they're Notre Dame and because they've been on uh, Channel 12 uh, or NBC ever since uh, we were kids and probably before that. So it's one of those teams, like in baseball, I always say it's the Braves and it's the Cubs because on their um, – you know, WGN and TBS, they were, they weren't cable, but they were stations where everybody saw those teams. And eventually, you know, you watch enough of it, you fall in love with that team. And that's just how it goes. And I think that's the way it is for, for Notre Dame, for a lot of people. They watched them every single Saturday for years and years and years, and they became fans. And that's, you know, that's how fandom works. So uh, we'll see, you know, hopefully Notre Dame can turn things around and, and do a little bit better this year. Uh, on to the NFL. It was just a it was a rough first week for the NFL. Um, most of the games didn't look very competitive, and the ones that were weren't overly interesting. Um, there were some really bad losses by some teams that you know we didn't think were going to be that bad. Uh, it just all in all, I, I was kind of disappointed in this first week of the NFL. I really didn't. I look forward to you know the first week of anything, just so I can sit down and watch it and enjoy seeing something that I hadn't seen in a long time. And, and preseason doesn't do that. Now, for hockey, preseason does give me a little bit of that because they're out there, they're giving it their all, they're doing it. But in preseason, in football, not so much. So I really don't look forward to football until they're actually playing games. So this week, a little disappointed. Uh, you got the, the Ravens beat the Bengals 20 to nothing. Uh, the Browns almost beat the Steelers. It was 21 to 18. Now that's a little bit uh, skewed there. It wasn't as close as that, but the Browns actually looking like a team that uh, that might be able to come out of the basement this year, especially with some ineptitude of some other teams. Uh, the Jaguars beat up on an inept offense uh, by the, te- the the Texans, uh, 29 to seven. I think it was midway through the uh, through the game they had to put in um, Deshaun Watson and take out uh, Savage. So. That's, I think, two out of the last three years they've had to replace their starting quarterback in their first game. Not a good look for somebody who is supposed to be a quarterback whisperer So in Bill O'Brien. And uh, let's see, the Rams put a put it on the Colts, 46-9. Uh, uh, the Colts, they looked like a high school football team out there. Um, you know, of course, Andrew Luck is hurt. Not sure how long he's going to be out. Uh, it looks like for quite some time. But uh, as it stands now, they just they do not look like they've got it together. And uh, I do remember hearing one comment that uh, that Chuck Pagano made. He said they got their their bleeps handed to them, their butts handed to them by the 49ers. Well, they didn't play the 49ers. They played the Rams. So, uh, coach, you might want to look at who you actually played. <laughs> might help a little bit and next time in preparing for it. If you thought you were playing the 49ers and you played the Rams, well, maybe that's a, maybe that's the problem. And then last but not least, uh, Zeke's suspension saga continues. Uh, The judge ruling allows him to continue playing until the appeal is heard and finalized. So right now he's able to play for now, for at least the next couple of games. We'll see what happens. The NFL has actually filed some papers of their own, basically asking for the judge to overturn the temporary restraining order that approved him and enact his suspension immediately. There's a lot of different legal things going on with this case, but basically you've got the NFL and the NFLPA going at it. Each one is is filing their injunctions and their things. 
and really nobody's nobody's winning this. Um, and I think at the end of the day, the, the the thing that suffers in this is we're gonna we're gonna all go our separate ways about this, and everybody's gonna have their opinion. But at the end of the day, we're not gonna be talking about domestic violence anymore. All this is gonna be is about Article Forty Six and the power of Roger Goodell. We saw it happen with uh, with Tom Brady and Deflategate, where originally this was about deflated footballs, but it turned into so much more. And by the end of it all, nobody talked about deflated footballs. Nobody cared about the deflated footballs. All they were talking about was Article 46, the power of Roger Goodell. And where does that end? And apparently it doesn't end. It's it's something he can do over and over again whenever and wherever he wants. So I just really hope that we don't lose that going forward, that we don't lose the fact that this is over domestic violence. That's what this is at at its core. So let's try not to lose that. All right, moving right along with my playoff picks for the NHL. All right, so we talked a little bit last week. I gave you my top my top uh, picks for each one of the uh, the different divisions, and I also went through and I told you the different uh, a lot of different writers and, and different websites and what they had. So I'm using you know off of what I told you guys last week were my my rankings. So just so that we're clear, and I'm going to kind of go over that again. For the Metro, I had one is Columbus, two is Pittsburgh, three is Washington. For the Atlantic, one Tampa Bay, two Montreal, three Ottawa. For the Pacific, one Edmonton, two Calgary, three Anaheim. For the Central, one Dallas, two Nashville, three Chicago. And I have Carolina and New York as my wild cards. Carolina wild card one, New York wild card two, and San Jose one, Winnipeg two. And so that's kind of how I have it there. So this is what I have for round one of the playoffs. I have got Columbus playing Carolina. I've got Pittsburgh playing Washington. Tampa Bay playing New York. Montreal playing Ottawa. In the West, I've got Edmonton versus San Jose. Calgary versus Anaheim. Dallas and Winnipeg. Nashville versus Chicago. Now round two, I've got Columbus versus Washington. So I have Washington beating... Pittsburgh in that first round, Columbus over Carolina in the first round. And then I've got Tampa Bay versus Montreal. I've got Tampa Bay beating the New York Rangers, Montreal over Ottawa. So I have uh, Tampa and Montreal facing each other in round two. Edmonton, I have them beating San Jose. Anaheim, I have over Calgary. I've got Dallas over Winnipeg and Chicago over Nashville. So I've got Edmonton versus Anaheim in round two and Dallas versus Chicago in round two. Conference finals. I've got Tampa Bay beating Montreal, Washington beating Columbus. So I've got a Tampa Bay and Washington Conference Final for the East. And I've got Edmonton going to beat out Anaheim, Dallas beating out Chicago for Edmonton versus uh, Dallas in the Conference Finals for the West. In the Finals, I've got Dallas going against Tampa Bay. And I've got Tampa Bay winning the Cup this year. So again, let me know what you think about my picks there. You can hit me up at Twitter on Twitter. It's at the Hockey Fix. Let me know what you think. Let me know what your picks are for the uh, for your Stanley Cup winner. Uh, who you think is going to win it all? What you what you think the uh, the playoffs are going to look like? Now, as most of you know, I'm a Washington Caps fan. It does pain me to have them going out in the conference final. But uh, looking at everything, I think that the the Caps might be a little short again this year. Um, but once they can, can do something with their young defensemen, I do think that they can make a little noise in the next year or so. So I think that we might be one year away from, uh, from the, um, 
the Caps making a run to the Stanley Cup final and actually winning. Um, on to some odds. I just kind of threw this in here because I wanted to, to kind of get into a little bit of what are the odds makers saying. Um, Pittsburgh is at 6-1, to one, Edmonton at 9-1, to one, and those are the ones that have separated themselves from the group. Then we have uh, Tampa Bay, Washington, Chicago, and Minnesota all at 12-1. to one. We've got the Leafs, the Predators, the Stars, and the Ducks all at 14 to one. So those are your Vegas odds for the uh, <clears throat> for the the Stanley Cup winner this year. Now the odds aren't always right, and typically we do see uh, at the top last year's winner. But you know that's just kind of the nature of the business. So we'll look to see if those odds uh, make up anything or not, and uh, and see where they are. Uh, one thing that I'm going to start doing as well for the uh, for the upcoming episodes once the season starts, I'm going to be doing a uh, a top five, bottom three kind of deal. I got the idea from uh, from one of the the, the uh, radio stations that I listen to, and basically all it is is it's excuse me, it's kind of like power ranking. So basically, I'm going to rank the the top five teams in the NHL, and then tell you who my bottom three teams in the NHL are. So I'm going to do that weekly on my podcast. Once the season starts, we get you know a week or two in, I'll start doing that and see where we are. Um, so just kind of giving you a, an overview of, uh, of what I think and, and we'll kind of, I'll base it on a lot of different things, but basically I'm going to base it off of what I see. Um, and that's, you know, kind of how I've always done things and, and that's how I continue to do it. I, I do always look at, you know, what other people think, but I don't try and take what they, you know, what they say and, and use their information. I watch myself and I think, okay, this is what, what I should say, or this is how this team looks to me. And, uh, if it fits in with what, uh, the, um, the hockey pundits say so be it if it doesn't i could care less <laughs> all right uh moving right along we're doing well uh staying on time here i want to talk a little bit about resting in sports resting is one of those things that um that we hadn't heard about that much except for the last few years it's one of those things that you know you look back at uh, michael jordan and larry bird and magic johnson and, and these guys didn't rest they they didn't rest ever i think you know michael jordan played 82 games most every year and the only time he didn't is because if he was injured or, or sick or something like that when he had to miss a game so in the last handful of years we've seen it happen quite a bit where your stars like lebron james and uh, kevin durant and you know basically all of them are resting for you know a certain amount of games uh, if they play a back-to-back -back out of town, something like that, they're going to rest one of those games, typically the second of the back-to-back, -back, or kind of depending on uh, on where, where they are. And it's been one of those things that's been discussed and discussed and discussed and talked about a lot as to, you know, why is this happening? And more importantly, what can we do to fix it so this doesn't happen? So the NBA has made some changes this year. They've basically fine-tuned the way that they, they make their schedules. They've gone through... They've cut out some back-to-back -back games. They've cut out completely um, some games that uh, were played. I think it was, you know, over a certain number of games and a certain amount of nights. They weren't going to do that anymore. They've also uh, lengthened the season by, I believe, two weeks. So the season is actually going to start two weeks sooner than it has in the past, which, you know, will help with that definitely. So they've made all of these different, uh, you know, different concessions, uh, we'll say, to help incentivize those players to, to not rest anymore and a lot of people are saying that they think that it's not going to work that players are still going to rest those games because they need the rest I, I'm not sure why they think that but they're saying that they're still going to rest it and in my opinion I really think that the reason that these players are, are resting is because we've put such an importance and such a, a strain on the postseason the playoffs 
uh, the finals, those sorts of things, that the regular season has, has almost become an afterthought. It's almost like the, the regular season doesn't matter anymore. Now, I know that kind of sounds weird that the regular season doesn't matter. It's how we get the playoffs. And, you know, in, in a, a place like, uh, like the NFL, I mean the NHL or the NBA, you look at the, so many teams are getting into the playoffs that if you are a reasonably good team, it's hard to miss the playoffs, honestly. It, it's, it's one of those things that just it doesn't happen. You don't miss the playoffs. If you're a decent team, you don't miss the playoffs. So, for instance, a, a team like, uh, like the Cleveland Cavaliers or the uh, Golden State Warriors, they might say, what the heck, we're going to rest our, our people anyways because it doesn't matter if we're a one seed or, or an eight seed. We're in the playoffs. We can beat all of these teams. So why wear out our team during the course of the season? which doesn't matter. So I think that that's, that's part of the reason. And I really hope that this fixes it. And one thing I try and do is, and like I've said in, in previous podcasts, I try and bring all of it back to hockey about you know these things. And I'm thinking to myself, would an NHL player ever purposely sit out and say, you know what, I don't think I'm going to play this game because you know the playoffs are coming up, I'm a little tired. No. No, they just wouldn't do it. It just wouldn't happen. And I think that, you know, the problem is, is the NBA has has basically let this become an issue. They've let it go and they've let, you know, they've let it become what it is to the point where they have, you know, stars sitting out of primetime games that are in their number one slot with their number one crew, for, you know, TNT or whoever is, is broadcasting the game. And these players are sitting out because, you know, they need rest or whatever the case may be. But it's hurting ratings. It's hurting the NBA. Now, ratings are very high in the NBA and, and, and viewership is up and things like that. But what I don't want to see happen is, is things like this bleed into other sports. You know, it'll never bleed into hockey, in my opinion. But we could see it bleed into you know, college sports. We could see it bleed into you know, other sports as well. And I don't want to see that because you know, at the end of the day, the competition is what really matters. And it's really what is important to me is seeing the competition through an entire season and seeing this team play its heart out the entire year and go into the playoffs and win. And that's just, to me, that's, that's what it's about. But I do think, um, taking it back to hockey a little bit, I do think that some teams have figured out that the regular season doesn't matter as much. You take a team like Pittsburgh, who doesn't always, they always finish towards the top, but doesn't always worry about the president's trophy or getting first place because they know that if they're in the playoffs, they've got a shot to win it no matter what. So that is something I think that, you know, that people are taking from this is that, you know, hey, as long as we're in the playoffs, that's all that matters. So let's, you know, let's make sure that we're in and get close. And as long as we're close and we're in the playoffs, that's all that matters for us. So just something to think about, you know, I'm hoping that, like I said, I'm hoping it doesn't bleed into into our sport. But, uh, you know, you never know, um, you know, some youngsters coming up might say, oh, that's not a bad idea. Maybe let's try it. And. And that's definitely not something that, that, that we want to see uh, bleed over into, into hockey or to any other sport for that matter. All right, now it's time for the feel-good story of the week. Like I said, this is something new that I'm trying. I really think uh, it's, it's a good thing, uh, something that I'm really going to try and work on, making sure that we add into it to every episode going forward. So my feel-good story of the week is from uh, USC football, Jake Olson. He is a long snapper for USC, but he's also blind. Jake went blind about eight years ago when cancer took his sight. But he's always been a USC football fan. 
But for the last several years, he's been actually part of the football team. But not as you would think. He wasn't a player. He was more of an inspirational leader. Uh, I don't want to say mascot because he wasn't a mascot, but he was a young kid that they brought around, and he was inspirational for their players, for their fans, and things like that. Well, Jake was able to live his dream. He tried out for USC football, and he made the team. He's taking it so seriously. Apparently, he's put on 40 pounds. Jake is a long snapper, so he doesn't have to see to be able to do what he's doing. But I tell you, the inspiration comes in with this is with 3.13 to go in the fourth quarter in uh, the game against Central Michigan, which was not last this past weekend, but the weekend before, he was able to fulfill that dream. He walked out onto the field, and as he had to be escorted by other players because he can't see, he got to line up, hike the ball, and kick and the field goal was good or the extra point was good perfect spiral that he snapped uh just an, an incredible emotional moment for all of those involved i remember reading a quote about the coach and you know part of his worry was that you know the other team might you know try and take advantage of the fact that this kid can't see and somebody hit him or something like that um, so i believe what i read is that uh that he actually talked with the other coach to make sure that you know it was something that you know that they weren't going to do that you know, they weren't going to take advantage of the situation. But what an inspirational story for this kid to go out there, the fourth quarter of a football game. Now, they won the game, and they were up pretty, you know, by a good amount at the time that, that he went in. But still, it's it's one of those stories that, that really resonates because it, it shows you that if you have a dream and that, you know, you put this as the number one thing in your mind and in your heart, you can achieve that no matter what. Your sight is taken away. You can't see. You think, you know, I would think oh, I'd wallow in self-pity. I can't ever play football. How could I play football? I can't see. I, how can I play football? This didn't, didn't stop this kid. Didn't stop him at all. He followed his dreams. He taught himself and, and learned how to do this at an elite level. And apparently, uh, you know, I saw the, the, uh, the snap. It was beautiful. It was like, you know, anybody else was doing it who could it just it was it was an amazing beautiful moment um and i hope we you know that to me is is the beautiful thing that we see in sports is that people do follow their dreams and people are able to to get to a place where they're able to achieve something that you would never ever think they they could achieve but they do it in sports we see people who are blind do do other sports and things like that people who have um, all different types of disabilities um, you know where they even have you know the special olympics they have all of these kinds of things that make sports so important um, in the fabric of our of our humanity in the fabric of our communities and uh, it's just one of those stories that, that really stood out to me, and, uh, and I hope it did to you. If you hadn't heard it yet, um, you could definitely check it out. I just gave you kind of a, a brief overview of it, but it was, a, uh, it was definitely a touching story. So I hope, uh, hope that meant as much to you guys as it did to me. All right, moving on to our regional sports. So we're talking D.C. area sports. So the Nats are actually catching up with those sliding Dodgers. As we talked about a little while ago, the Dodgers just can't seem to win a game. Lost 16 out of the last 17 games, 11 in a row. Less than a month ago, the Nationals were 15 games back from the lead in the uh, National League. Now they only sit three and a half games behind L.A. It's amazing. I never thought that the Nationals were going to come close to catching L.A. And just since this slide, they've they've played well. 
they've been able to come back and they're within three and a half games of uh, for the lead in the National League. So that's definitely uh, something to look forward to in the coming months. The Redskins, I, I don't know what to say. They they just looked pedestrian uh, this weekend. They couldn't get the ball in the end zone. Um, they didn't. I don't. They just didn't play well. They they didn't look well. Um, Carson Wentz for uh, Philadelphia kind of you know torched their uh, their secondary there a little bit, and, and not really. You know, it's not like he threw the ball very far, but um, you know he tic tac toed all the you know dink and dunk and all of the all this and that down the field and, and just you know did a good job. Now they didn't. You know the defense didn't do badly. I think we uh, we had one pick six or something like that, that that counted for them as well. So it wasn't like it was a, a total blowout um, on our defense or anything. But we just didn't look good. We didn't look like we were playing well. Kirk Cousins looked like he was just flustered the entire time. Um, you know, just he was never safe in the in the pocket. The uh, the D line for for um, the Eagles was all over him. Uh, you know, almost the entire game. It was like he never could get set. And and we've seen uh, you know games like this from Kirk in the past. And it's one of those things that uh, you know you go back and say, well, you know, the Redskins are thinking that you know he's not the hundred million dollar quarterback and. That's why they didn't give him this money, and it's just one of those things that makes you think: um, is he is he worth that? Is he a franchise quarterback? I'll leave it to you to decide. I'm not so sure he is. the uh, The Ravens actually looked pretty decent uh, in their win over the Bengals. Their offense didn't really excel that much. I think you know, um, Flacco threw nine passes or completed nine passes. They just they didn't look great. But they beat they beat a you know the Bengals team pretty well. I think you know the Bengals didn't score a point on them, so we know that defense is stout there. Um, but I'm not sure if this is more you know the Bengals being really bad or the Ravens being good. So um, you know definitely you want to you know look up to something like that, but uh, not sure how much you want to look. I, I'd wait another week or so until we uh, we see uh, the Ravens play again to see what's going on. Uh, Virginia Tech won again. Um, this is the first time they started the season two and zero for a while. They usually have that first game where they play Alabama, Ohio State, Florida State, somebody like that, and then they're you know zero and one, and they never you know they're just not ever two and zero. So it's good to see Virginia Tech at two and zero, and see them going ahead and, and doing some cool things there. So um, happy to see that they definitely are, are playing uh, playing good football this year. That young quarterback, uh, the young freshman quarterback Josh Jackson, they have looks like he's going to be uh, the real deal for them. So. Um, hoping they uh, they do some good things there, and then uh, the last thing here um, for the regional sports, I was just looking and uh, and saw that um, you know Alex Ovechkin may not be able to go to the Olympics even if he decides he wants to. Apparently, the IIHF has assured the NA, uh, has assured the NHL that players who are under contract will not be allowed to participate in the upcoming Winter Olympics. Uh, I know that we've talked a little bit about it and. and and you know, and for good reason that Ovechkin has said that he wants to go to the Olympics, and you know, Ted Leonsis has also said that he's not going to prevent him from going to the Olympics. Well, now it looks like he's not going to have a choice either way. Um, that you know, he's just not going to be able to go. And uh, I went into that a little bit in, in one of my, uh, I believe, in one of my rants about uh, about that and how I really felt that the NHL should be participating in the Olympics. But at the end of the day, if the IIH, the IIHF is saying that they can't. The NHL saying that they can't. There's no more Ovi can do to, to get to the Olympics, unfortunately. And uh, and honestly, you know, I, I think that that's a uh, that's a tragedy because you know he should be able to play for his country. So, all right, we'll leave it at that. And that's our DC sports. And uh, you know, we're gonna 
get some more information here coming soon with uh, the start of the NBA, the start of the NHL. Right now it's just pretty much football and a few little things that we can find here and there, but um, hopefully here soon it's going to be a lot more in-depth for uh, for some things in the, uh, in the D.C. area. All right, on to the rant of the day, and then we'll get out of here. We're getting up on our 30-minute uh, time frame. One thing that's really been bothering me is the NCAA and their hypocrisy. And very recently I, I read something about uh, the University of Maryland. They had this contest. To, they were going to give away $10,000 to a student if one of their players for their football team ran back a punt for a touchdown in the second half of their game this past week. Now, that strikes me on lots of different levels. First of all, to be able to offer $10,000 to a student, yeah, that's pretty neat, and on the surface it looks good, but there's so many things wrong with this, I can't even begin to, 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 <laughs> to talk about them all. When we have these kids who, who aren't allowed to basically uh, do this laundry list of things, so, you know, let's say that, you know, that this kid goes and he, he scores a touchdown on a punt. The kid who scores it gets nothing at all. He can't even go to the local, you know, uh, Chick-fil-A and get a free sandwich because that would be considered a bribe. And he could lose his scholarship and the, you know, the school could lose all kinds of stuff for this. And to say we're going to give somebody $10,000 when these kids don't get paid for it, these schools make an abundance amount of money, most of them, a lot of them, make an abundant amount of money off of the football players and the basketball players. And yet they, they're not able to profit at all from, from that. So I want to talk a little bit about that. But basically, I'm not saying that we should be paying our college players. I don't think that we should be paying, that these schools should be paying players to, to play. Because it gets really dicey. So then at, at the end of the you know, who do you pay? Do you pay every scholarship athlete? Do, you know, does everybody get paid? To, you know, the swimmers, the, you know, the wrestlers, every, anybody who's on scholarship gets paid to play. You get into a really sticky situation when most of the time the only revenue generating sports are football and basketball. Now, they do generate a lot, and maybe it would be enough to cover all of those, those players as well. But what I'm looking at is why aren't these players able to for lack of a better word, trade on their likeness. You know, it's okay for somebody who is um, in, let's say, uh, who's got a scholarship for band. It's okay for them to go and play in a band off campus and make money with that skill. But it's not okay for a football or basketball player to go to the Cadillac dealership and do a commercial or go to the, the, the Ford dealership and do a signing where they're paid to be there and so people will come out and see them, sign some stuff and things like that. To me, you know, in a society and we're we're America, we're supposed to be different. We're supposed to be able to uh, you know, to have dreams and to do these things and for us to say, well, you're not allowed to you know, to do this. You can't do this because if you do, we're going to tell you you can't play football anymore or you can't play basketball anymore where you know, college football is the only thing that leads into the NHL or the NFL. There's no thing in between. There, there isn't. You know, with uh, with the NBA, NCAA basketball is the only thing leading into that. Of course, there is European basketball and things like that, but there's not much of that. You're not going to be seen as much. So for us to say, oh, you're not doing this, you're not doing that, you're not allowed to do this, you're not allowed to do that, and when they do something like that, 
we definitely we we jump on them, we reprimand them, we take everything away from them, we you know uh, negate all of their wins, you know all kinds of a bevy of other things. It's unfortunate that it's gotten to this point where all of these rules and all of these things are in place to where these student athletes, as they call them, are, are unable to to do anything else other than be students and athletes. Now, maybe that's what some of them want, and maybe that's the best thing for some of them. But for all of them, I guarantee you it's not. Because there's some of these student athletes who who need to have a job, who need to make extra money, who might have a family who couldn't never afford to send them to school, but, you know, they need money to help out at home. So, you know, little Johnny, we send him to school because he got a full ride, but we'd much rather have him at home helping us because we need help paying our bills because we're, you know, I'm a single parent family and I can't afford to pay my bills on my own right now. Well, if this, this person was allowed to to, like I said, trade on their likeness, to do a commercial, to do some signing, something like that, something that does not affect you know, uh, it's not bribery. It's not going to affect the way they play. It doesn't affect where you go to school. You know, it doesn't affect any of those things. But to be told you cannot do that, or you'll you know forfeit your your status as a as an amateur and not be able to to play in the NCAA is just it's bogus to me. You know, you and I think one of the big things they're talking about now is um the youngest ball kid has a shoe now, and Lavar saying how you know it's not going to hurt his his NCAA. Um, eligibility. Well, I'd beg to differ. If if uh, if he has a shoe, he's making money off of that shoe. He's not going to be eligible to play in the NCAA as the rules const uh, constitute now. So we need to really look at this and and look at what we're doing as far as our our in the NCAA. Who are they to say what we you know what these kids can and can't do? Yes, they're the organization, but should these colleges be part of that organization anymore with all of their rules and all of their, their craziness that they that they make you go through and jump through hoops? Maybe they need to look at trying something different. Maybe they need to look at saying, you know what, I don't want to play in the NCAA anymore. Let's create our own conference. Let's create our own um, place to play at, like the NCAA. Let's create our own club or whatever it is. To, to put to go into and say look this is how we're going to do things we don't care what the NCAA thinks we'll compete against each other and you get enough schools enough big schools to say you know what screw you NCAA we're going to do our own thing they'll play against each other and you know what that's going to grow and eventually there's going to be a lot more schools doing that than following the NCAA's stupid rules and they keep saying we're going to do more we're going to cut back the rule book it's getting thinner it ain't gotten thinner in years. It actually gets thicker every year because all the new crap that they put in. So just take a look at that the next time you're looking at sports and, and college and thinking about you know all the things that these players have. Yes, they get a lot of stuff in return for, for their services. There's no doubt about it. There's no arguing the fact that they get a free ride to school. They get, they get room. They get board. They get food. All of those things are paid for. But why can't those who need to? Have, have a small job like that, be able to do something to trade on the fact that they are a, a, an entertainer. They are, they're pro sports. I mean, this, this is not amateurism. These are pro athletes, but they're playing in college. They are making millions of dollars for the university and for their coaches, and they are not paid a cent for it. Where are we going to draw the line? All right. Anyways... <laughs> Again, I'm Connor David. This is the Hockey Fix Podcast. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. And we'll be back again next week. And look for the podcast every Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. Um, 
typically by Wednesday morning it's all posted and, and out everywhere. So check that out, and uh, we really appreciate you listening and, uh, and continue to hang in. Thank you.